the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Total Financial Hour is sponsored by TFS Financial Insurance Services and Total Financial Solutions, Inc. The information on this show is not intended to be the primary basis for investment decisions and should not be used to provide financial advice. Please obtain the guidance of a financial professional regarding your particular financial concerns. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. This program reflects the views of Arif Halaby, California Insurance License 0B93792 of TFS Financial Insurance Services. TFS Financial Insurance Services, California Insurance License Number 0F22477, provides retirement income strategies using insurance and annuity products, which are guaranteed by the claims-paying ability of the issuing company. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher income strategy, learn from Arab Halaby. Learn about financial power. Hey, welcome to the show. Thanks for being part of the show. We're talking about your family's finances, of course, getting out of debt, managing money, planning for the future. You know what that talks about. Uh, it's almost everything you do, right? Everything you touch, everything you see. Uh, I love it when people say, oh, it's about money. You're talking about money. Money is money. Money Money's evil. Money's dirty. And you've heard me say before, could you talk about sex at the dinner table these days with this woke families? Yes, you can. Transgender. Daddy, what does it mean by yes, you can? But, but, uh, uh, Mr. Johnson, that's a, that's a beautiful, uh, car. How much did you pay for that? Uh, Steve, we don't, uh, we don't talk about that. It's just rude to ask about money. Do you see how you've been conditioned your whole life to make sure money was not the thing that you talked about? And quietly and privately and, and uh, behind the scenes and everybody just trying to guess. Look at the watch. Look at the shoes. How much money? Look at where they live. What's that zip code? You can't talk about money, but I just want to remind you that I live south of the boulevard. Uh, a conversation. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, a trip, to, a trip to Fiji. Yes, we want to talk about that. Uh, but listen, don't ask me how much I make. But I'm going to talk about the summer in the Hamptons. You see, a lot of this stuff behind the scenes has been... Uh, Almost a way to control you, right? If you don't ask, you don't know. If I don't say it, you don't hear it. It's this whole conversation that it's not really happening, but it really is. And I think that's that's what the symbolism over substance crowd has used for your finances all these years. Right? Take a look at the market. Are you sure that that's the right place to put your retirement accounts that need to be a source, if you will, or become a source of income for you later on in life? Or now, wait till you hear the the two uh, letters that I've selected for today. Oh my gosh, you need to pay attention. The second hour, it's going to be one of you probably. It's going to look in the mirror and say, wow, that's a story. Wow, wow, that's going to be us as well. Or I'm glad that we're learning about it now. Because the symbolism over substance crowd, today it's the far left. They've decided to use certain things like global warming, global cooling, 
You know, the author of that Newsweek article, Peter Gwynn, published this Newsweek article because Newsweek had credibility under the title of or the section that's called Science. Right. So what did they what word did they keep using through this covid craziness, this lockdown? But you see, my problem with most of you and I love you all. I do. Those that come and see me, you guys have always been amazing people. But we all, myself included, need to dig down and think about courage for a minute. You stand up. Yes, it means that somebody's going to walk out of your office or your business and say, I'm not going to work with you. Yes, it means you might get fired by your boss. That's when courage matters. Courage doesn't matter when everything's great. Happiness and frolicking through the daisies and, oh, look, my bank account has another $100,000 in it. Oh, I feel so courageous today. No, no, courage means you have to do something that is not going to be popular, right? When I share with you that my dad said uh, something that, that's powerful, if you die and everybody says, uh, boy, he never met a person that didn't like him. Uh, everybody that met him felt like they were his friend. Uh, nobody has a bad word to say about him or her, right? Then you probably didn't have courage. I don't mean you were a bad person, but you didn't have courage. Because what did you stand up for? What, where, where did you make a difference? Like, when did that become, oh, I'm going to make a difference. What, what, who did you fight against? Right? When people say dumb things, you need to stand up and say, that doesn't make sense. Right when when African Americans say, "Oh, we we weren't uh, brought here voluntarily. I, we didn't come voluntarily." Well, neither did I. Listen, I'm I'm not degrading what their ancestors, great 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 something went through. It's horrible, but they didn't go through anything. You didn't go through anything, right? I didn't decide to come here. I was born here. They didn't decide to come here. Oh, guess what? They were born here. Right. Right. Well, at least you're great, great, great. Well, I didn't have anything to do with that. I was nobody, unless you are a first generation immigrant, my dad, that's it. My dad made a choice to come to the United States. That's it. My mom didn't. Her great, great, great something did and came from Europe somewhere. So what is she going to run around with a chip on her shoulder and ask for reparations and ask for this and that? Right? You got to think about this for a second. Don Lemon was was taken to school. I think it was Miranda Devine, but I'm not sure. I'd have to double check. Was taken to school by a British commentator who said, oh, oh well, uh, with the changing of the guard, shouldn't there be reparations as a conversation? And she said, yes, absolutely. Boy, did he sit tall, his shoulders back. Looked like he just got the right answer on the high school spelling bee. And he sits there and says, well, yes, well, uh, we, we should have reparations. She said, you're right. The countries in Africa who had people waiting in cages on the beaches, other black men, other black women, were selling the rival tribes. He said, that's where we go. We go to the, the origin of slavery. Do you see how silly an argument is of reparations? But symbolism over substance. I'm loyal. I care. You don't. Symbolism over substance is not a small thing. 
You see it with those Proposition 65 signs, right? Proposition 65, let's pass it. Let's spend millions of dollars on radio and TV ads. Let's get it on the ballot. Let's talk about it. And then now what happens? They just put a sign everywhere. From the gas station to the grocery store to the baby store to office buildings to medical buildings, uh, there are chemicals known to the state of California that cause cancer. You see that right next to the gas pump. You're telling me the gas pump and the baby store have the same exact risk? When did that become? When are you thinking this is okay? Oh, we have a drought. We have a water shortage. You're darn right. We have a water shortage. But you realize we have the same amount of water on planet Earth today as we did, oh, I don't know, since the dinosaurs were here. Right? It's, it's a liquid. It's a solid. It's a gas. Unless you lock it in underground in three layers of something and it can't escape and get back into the water table or circulation. All right, I get it. Don't throw a full water bottle in the landfill. Big deal. Makes sense. Don't do it. Other than that, we have a freshwater problem, don't we? The freshwater problem, it can be solved. You open up the Sacramento River Delta. You allow those wa- the water, and by the way, it's trillions, yes, T, trillions of gallons that are wasted out to sea to save two little fish. You can pump that back into the system. You can use it to water. Oh, but air if the snow melt. You're right. That's right. Snow melt isn't the same, is it? So we have pipelines everywhere for liquid gas. Really gasoline. We have pipelines running down the middle of, of streets in the San Fernando Valley. When I was a Los Angeles policeman in the Valley, we were told about these things, where, where they are, you know, terrorist stuff, because it was uh, 1990, 1991, we had the, the Gulf War, Desert Storm, we had concerns about sabotage. So we had to learn about all these things. You have actual gasoline, water, sewer, oh, 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 and guess what? Natural gas all running down the same streets in many cases. And so when you have that taking place, you're telling me, that we can't run water from, I don't know, the Midwest? Where's their flooding? How hard would it be, right? Just when you had the, the Chinese uh, folks building the railroad and you had the Portuguese and, and the, the Irish and, and they were coming together and they had to come across America, right? And, and hammering the, the last big nail into the railroad ties and they came together. So you're telling me we can't do something like that with the pipeline and bring it, oh, 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 you've heard me talk about this. It wasn't my idea. I'd like to see it get done. And that is bring water down through the Columbia River, the Willamette River. Billions of gallons an hour, B, go out to sea, wasted. Fresh water. Remember, fresh water. Because we have water, just go look at the ocean. You don't want to desalinate. Oh, because of what? Electricity? We waste electricity in this country in the state. The state shuts down solar panels. There are solar panel systems that do not have the inverters working currently. And thank you to my spies, if you will, that work at these places that tell me, oh, by the way, it looks good, but it's not really producing any electricity. And my spies that talk about how the gas generating systems, right? Those insta insta start ones that they've dismantled. Now, not one of them. They finally started one of them this last summer. Surprise, no brownouts. Do you realize we had three of them for the Department of Water and Power? And remember, the grid is an open grid. So 
I think they're doing this to attack you financially, to take your money when you retire. They're going to call it taxes, fees, registration fees, uh, um, assessment. Yeah, oh, there's going to be an assessment. Don't forget that. There's an assessment fee that's coming. Everybody's going to, and it's just, you can call it whatever you want. It leaves my pocket and goes to you. It's called a tax. And so the point is, when this symbolism over substance, when they use the words science, you just can't trust them anymore, right? Uh, here, Newsweek article, and this guy's trying to do this mea culpa. He's gone on all the, all the TV shows over the last few years. Peter Gwynn, I'm so sorry. I can't believe all of these deniers are using it against me. Really? What's going to happen with these people that talked about masks? We're going to use that against you too, you silly folks who thought the same mask that went from your pocket to your review mirror, to your briefcase, to the floorboard of your car. Oh yeah, that one that has virus, 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 virus. If you really wanted to make a difference, if, if the symbolism over substance was not the reason for wearing a mask, then why didn't you just make everybody have a clean mask and wear gloves all the time? Right? Symbolism over substance. The cooling world. Here's the article from Newsweek, 1975. The, there are, ready for this, not signs, no, 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 not indications. There are ominous signs that the Earth's weather patterns have begun to change dramatically and that these changes may portend a, no, not a little decline, a drastic decline, ready, in food production. You want to get scared, talk about water first, then food. Oh, air, also air, remember? Yeah, back then we had leaded gasoline. Now we don't. Back then we used to have, because I was in the elementary school, remember they would shut down. Can't play outside today, kids. Fog, uh, red flag alert. Smog. So you got to stay inside. When was the last time that happened? Air quality, I don't know. You're certainly not getting it 10, 15 times a year like when I was a kid, maybe more. I continue with Peter Gwynn's article with serious political implications for ready just about every nation on earth and folks i'm going to share with you something that peter under the the title of the magazine science says for you to pay attention to the drop in food output could begin quite soon perhaps only 10 years from now the regions destined, destined to feel the impact are the Canada, Canada and Russia. Oh, remember Russia was big time, big time uh, communist back then. So my point is, what do you think they're going to say about the phoniness of COVID? I, I don't mean people died. I know friends, family, people die, of course, but they die from flu. But I also know that they took car accidents, shootings, stabbings, heart attacks, and they test you just before or after you die and they go, oh, COVID, mark down COVID as the cause of death so we can get our 30 grand from the federal government. That is what happened. Every hospital, I don't know, two or three that I know of, how do I know this? Because the nurses, the people that are in charge of that division sat in my office and said so. Not me. I don't make this stuff up. I don't know. 
courage. What if that person said, well, I don't need my job or I need my job. I need the money, but this is wrong. I'm going to stand up because it's wrong. Do you think that's a courageous move? I would. I'd say, you're going to lose your job. Right? The police officers, the Navy SEALs, firefighters, we're not going to get vaccinated. Why? Because we don't think we, listen, I work out every day. I'm fit. I've had, I've had the disease. I've already have some antibodies. I'm feeling pretty good. Courage. I know nurses at Cedar sinai Cedar sinai Hospital, you think they're supposed to be kind of smart. And they accept a religious exemption one minute, and then two weeks later, oh, nope, no religious exemption. Now uh, you have to get vaccinated. But you don't understand. I have this illness, this disease. You don't, nope, 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 sorry. But what about my religious exemption? Sorry. You see, the graphs and charts that they use for global cooling, now global warming, and now before this, right, or or after this, rather, uh, COVID, now water. You see, that's how they're going to justify, listen, we don't want to take your money. We don't want, listen, we, we know you are a retiree, but here's what we need to do. We have to save the planet and people need food and water. And don't forget clean air. So we're going to have to take your money. We're so sorry, but we just are going to have to take your money. You see, there's no conversation about well, if the ice caps are melting and it's raising the water tables by uh, inches and feet, well, doesn't that mean that the desalinization process would be less? I, I don't know. I don't know how much less, but you're telling me you're adding fresh water into salt water, then it takes less energy to take that salt water and turn it back to fresh water. I don't know. That's what you said. I don't know. Think about this. Somebody has to make sense. You see, if you don't stand up, especially as a retiree, guys, this is my, this is my big thing for you. You're retired. I understand you wanted to sit around, play golf. I love it. I love golf. Been playing since I was about nine or 10. We live next to a little public nine hole golf course. So I played a lot. I love the idea of getting out and enjoying your grandchildren and traveling the world. But you know what? Some of you are intelligent enough. I don't mean others of you are not. I mean, some of you are intelligent enough and, so there's two parts to this. Some of you are intelligent enough and willing to use that education, that common sense, that logic that does not exist currently. For example, we're gonna ban plastic bags and water bottles. And then they show you pictures of what? Vietnam the Philippines, right? They show you pictures. Oh, look at all this trash. When was the last time somebody drove on the side of the, the highway and threw a bag of, of fast food trash out the window? I mean, I know it happens, but you don't see it the same, do you? We have changed in this country. We know how to recycle, which is a scam in and of itself. I'll talk about another day, but we certainly aren't throwing these things out to the curb but they take pictures of the Far East instead of educating them on how to recycle, educating them not to litter. They're gonna take away your ability to get a bag when you go to the grocery store. Symbolism over substance. Does it make sense? 
right? Pass legislation to make a difference. That's what they do. Truth means nothing. Action means nothing. Everybody high fives that they pass legislation. Are you walking around right now? Just think about this. Walking around right now going, gosh, if they would only pass this one bill before the end of the year, I need this bill passed. Instead of the legislation looking around and going, you know what? We're pretty good. Congress should look around. We don't need anything else. We're, we're good. I think the biggest thing for you today, right now, is to just go home, Congress, men and women. In fact, we'll pay you to, we'll pay you to go home. You don't need to pass any more laws. We're good. Let's see how it goes from now on. Forget all these special interests that are coming to your office trying to tell you, hey, well, well let's, uh, let's pass this law and, and this rule. I think you have to have a reliable source of income. It's the only way that you can have the freedom to be, quote, an activist, the freedom to stand up and make a difference. Let me give you my phone number here. I'm going to give it to you again. Triple eight ninety nine retire Grab your pen. 888-997-3847. Triple eight ninety nine retire That's our phone number. 888-997-3847. Part of the, the conversation is to get out and make a difference for you to get out and make a difference in your life. So remember, when they said to you, go to college, that's the only way you can get a degree. I mean, I make a living, go to college. Go to college to be successful, go to college. And when six and eight and 12% of society went to college, it meant it, it, you stood out. You were one of a very few amount of people. Now, is the value the same? No. There are, there are uh, companies that will hire. Uh, we sat around and talked about a big one in the insurance world that starts with an F. And they said, hey, isn't it interesting that uh, they won't hire any... You can have a bachelor's degree in ceramics and they'll hire you to do insurance and financial stuff. Why? Well, they want to make sure you can put together an English sentence. Give me a test. Right Today they have online tests. You can test, sit in my office, write this article, give me a, an example. There are people that graduated college with degrees that couldn't put together an English sentence. So I don't know what that's supposed to mean. So the left lied to you all these years. Go to college, it's the only way you're going to make any money. And then guess what? Surprise, everybody has them. 70%, one of the big studies that I saw recently, 7-0. Don't even work in the field in which they got their degree. I mean, you realize that marketing works in an English teacher. English degree works as a, as a marketing. Uh, it's not the same thing. So all of these kids were lied to. Instead of them getting back, taking a step back and examining what actually happened, like, wait a second, somebody sold me a bill of, bill of goods. Instead of that actually happening, they're going to say, hey, we're going to give you a, a student loan refund. We're going, to, we're going to forgive your student loan debt. I want you to know I am completely in favor of this. Hold on. There's a, there's a catch coming. Ready? Completely in favor. I think we should. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every college that you went to in which you didn't get a degree and you didn't feel like you got your money's worth, they have to refund you. Nope. Sorry. Not the taxpayers. Why would the plumber who said the math doesn't work, why would a friend of mine who became a, a, a paramedic instead of going to medical school because he said, listen, it's a half a million dollars to become a physician. I'm going to be a paramedic 
and get trained by the city county and let those people train me. I can still work in medicine. I don't have a half a million degree uh, uh, in student loan debt. And by the way, he'll make probably close to $200,000 with overtime this year. Why should he have to pay for the guy who said, well, I'm going to go to medical school. Tough luck. I'm going to let somebody else pay for it someday. Does that seem right? Right? So when they lied to you, they got caught. And since it's proven to be false, they're going to send you money back. I'm okay with that. But you tell the college, you tell the university, guys, you have to refund this money. I've been saying this for years, years, because people have been coming into me and they said, we sorry, we can't buy a house. We can't get married. We can't have kids yet. Why? Because we have to get the student loan debt paid off. You see, does that make sense to you? No, it doesn't, Arif. It's you and I in a room together. We're going to raise our hands and say, let's go get them. And then you walk out and we do nothing. You see, Dennis Prager is very clear. There's the fighters. And that's my goal is to be one of those fighters. There, there's those that support the fighters. And I want to do that too. We spend a lot of time and money helping Dennis and Larry and, and others fight. And then there's that do nothing. You see, I just never wanted to be one of those guys. I, I, I didn't. And listen, it's much to the chagrin of my family. Right? My, my parents are very much about, listen, keep it low. You have great success in business. People like you. You're just, just, uh, just keep it down a little bit. That's not me. I hope it's not you either. When we come back, triple eight ninety nine retire. When we come back, I'm going to get you some ideas here when it comes to managing your financial life and getting reliable retirement income. And don't forget at the top of the hour, your emails. When we come back, I'm Eric Hallaby. This is your place for news, talk, and information. Stay with me on AM870, The Answer, Total Financial Solutions. We'll be right back. Thanks to Arif Halaby. Now every dollar's got a job to do. Arif makes your money work for you. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher income strategy, learn from Arab Halaby. Hey, welcome learn back. Thanks for staying with me. I'm Arab Halaby, TFS Financial Insurance Services. We bring this to you here every week. I like the idea that our two hours, and thank you, you're the one that told us, that you liked what we had to say. You're the one that, that wrote in and made conversation about the idea of a two-hour show. And I appreciate the conversations about the emails. You guys make a difference. You can go to Arif, A-R-I-F, at T-F-S Wealth, T-F, Tom Frank, Sam, Wealth.com. I know my friends in the Army and the military, you guys have your own phonetic uh, alphabet, your own way of saying things. I don't know why LAPD just did it different, even different than the sheriffs. In some cases, there's a couple words and codes and stuff that are different. So anyway, Tom, Frank, Sam, that's my, my 20, gosh, how many years has it been? Uh, 25 years ago, 26, seven years ago, long time. 
Uh, for those of you that don't know, I was a Los Angeles policeman for uh, almost 11 years, under 11 years. A big car accident, multiple back and knee surgeries. Had to start over. It was an interesting time because I'd been an investor and a, and a stock trader and mutual fund trader since I was 18, almost 19 years old. And I started through college and, you know, you set aside $25, $50, whatever it might be. And over time, that's how I bought my first house at 23. We got married. My wife was 21. We saved by the time I was 25, 26, we had 150 plus thousand dollars saved. It was good. I thought I was the smartest guy ever. And if you weren't sure, all you had to do was ask me, I would have told you. And yes, that arrogance ends up getting you uh, taken. And in my case, when I got injured, uh, and, and, uh, you know, multiple surgeries and stuff, I had to start over somebody, not one, but three different scams took my money, took most of our retirement money and our life saving money. I'll share something with you. I think this is pretty important, uh, because I think you can tell a little bit about a person by their spouse, believe it or not. Right. It's why that is a very important question in a lot of the intelligence agencies. Who do you hang around with? Who do you call friend? Who are you comfortable with? And who's your spouse? And so when I got taken and we lost the money, I lost the money because my wife had a conversation with me early on. And she said, you know, I don't really like that guy. I think there's something wrong with him. He's a scammer or, or I don't like his person, something. And it wasn't one per It was all three of those. Now, she doesn't have that opinion where she walks around and goes, I like you. I don't like you. You're good. You're bad. She doesn't do that. But when she has that intuition, like, oh, that's a pretty neat couple. We should spend more time with them. She's never been wrong. Well, that's a nice person. She's not wrong ever. 31 years, 33, if you add how long we were together, two years before we got married. She just has, has that gut instinct. We call it gut instinct men because intuition sounds so feminine. <laughs> it's not macho hey, yeah, intuition. The gut instinct. Blah, blah, blah. We'll, we'll take that. Well, she had that and she was right. So after, I don't know, I was 28, 29 and I had to go to her and say, oh, honey, guess what? You're right. Not only did these investments not come through and this retirement stuff that I thought we were doing right, but we got scammed and we lost nearly everything. And she's sitting there going, excuse me, what? What are you talking about? How did that happen? And I said, well, you were right. These, these guys are bad guys. And she said, well, Instead of, you know, what you might think, right? Which is throw something, call somebody a name, yell at you. I don't know, whatever, whatever you might do. She just looked at me. I don't know. She was probably 26 years old, 25, 26. She looked at me and she goes, well, it's a good thing it happened when we're young. We'll have plenty of time to catch up. And I thought, wow, here's somebody who, who is amazing. And so I share that with you because years later, I asked her this. Years, I mean, maybe five years ago, six years ago. So, so what would that be? 25 years of marriage or something? And I came to her and I said, you know, you remember when this happened? Oh yeah, I remember. You remember when this, when we were talking about this? Oh yeah, I remember. I said, why didn't you get mad or yell or scream or throw something or, uh, you know, why didn't you do what maybe most people would have done, which is like, oh my gosh, you lost our life savings. And she looked at me kind of bewildered and she said, uh, why would I do that? We're on the same team. I would never beat up my teammate. And I thought to myself, wow, how, how wise and intelligent for somebody like that at that age to think so far in the future and so much in advance of what is needed to keep me from losing my uh, confidence, right? Because that's what happens. You, you, you feel like a dummy. 
And so why am I sharing this story? One is so you'll know us a little bit, know me a little bit, but also so that you don't beat up each other. I think we should take our money out of the stock market. Two years ago, somebody says, no, 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 leave it in. And you say, yeah, but my instinct is we kind of, oh, look. And it went up a little bit, so you think you're the right person. And now some of you have lost 10, 15, 20%, hundreds of thousands, some of you. One of you called me this week. Eric, if I lost $280,000, oh my word. I don't want you to beat up the other person, not your teammate. You can beat up the broker because they knew better, by the way. They did. We all watched the same stuff. They all knew the same thing. They knew better. Now, they may not have chose to listen or watch that article or, or that conversation or that chart that we all watch. You, you know, listen, it's not like, oh, the market is going up, up, up and sell right now. Oh, look, it went down. We win. It's not how it works. I'm talking about this is your lifetime savings. These men and women call themselves fiduciaries. And instead of putting your money in annuities, safe, retirement, guaranteed income, for at least your food, shelter, clothing, they put it all at risk. Because you realize Wall Street's only way to make a living is for your money to be at risk of losing. That's their only, that's their only way to charge a fee. So, so when your total cost, which is something different, by the way, you always ask, how much did I put in? What is it worth? And what was the cost, total cost? Not per year and not in percentages. Because you didn't tell me my percentage gain. You added up all the gains, whatever it was, plus, minus, plus, minus, added it up all these years. So give me the cost in all of these years, in dollars for all of these years. Right? Just keep the denominator the same as they say in high school math, maybe today junior high math, middle school, whatever it's called. You ask yourself, how much did I put in? What is it worth? And what was my total cost to get there? So if I put money in and I made $20,000, I'll give you five. I think that's a great deal. Do it again next month. Oh, even if you made me 15, I'd probably give you six, five or six and give me more. Let's do it again. But when your broker, when Wall Street is still charging a fee and losing your money and they just give the same platitude conversation of, oh, yeah, you're in it for the long haul. Don't sell. I have a boat payment. Don't sell. I just bought a vacation home. Don't sell. My kids aren't in college yet. I'm saving for them. The broker never does the second half of that conversation. So you always have to look out for yourself. Some or part of your money, all of it, it's up to you. But what do you want safe, protected, out of the market risk? That's what I do. You're not going to get huge rates of return. That's right. Liquidity or access without a cost or a fee, 10% a year. You can take it all out, but then you'll pay a fee. We call it a surrender charge. So do you put the money that you're going to buy an RV next year and travel the country? No, that doesn't go in this account. You see, dollar cost averaging is very simple. It's you putting money in every single month. If you're going to do that, I'm going to, or every two weeks, whatever it is when you get paid, put that in the market. You're buying, 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 low, high, low, high, buying more shares, buying less shares. Because you're, expenses, your food, shelter, clothing, that's coming from your paycheck. Your paycheck isn't going up and down, up and down. It should stay the same or go up is what normally happens. But your retirement accounts can do that. Why? Because you're 41 years old. You have plenty of time. Now your old retirement account in which you're not adding any money to, or if you're three, four, five, six, seven years from retirement, that's what we got to take out of the market. 
but Era, if I lost 25%, what can I do? We have accounts that will give you a bonus, an addition. Sometimes three, four, five percent, sometimes 30, 35 percent, meaning you put in 100,000, tomorrow it's 120, 25, 30, whatever it might be. Well, they're giving away money, there's got to be a catch. No, 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 my friend, there are two catches. You have to take the money out in the form of income. Oh, wait, that's a retirement account. How long do you plan on being retired? Once? Six months or the rest of your life? Well, how about making sure that what your plans are, your purpose, and the purpose of the money, the plans for the money, meet up? That's where this guaranteed income thing matters. That's where when you look in the mirror and you say, I need to make sure that I have my expenses paid for next month. I need to make sure that I have a little bit of money to give away or travel or whatever it is that matters to you for fun. I want to make sure that is taken care of next month. That is what we handle. You want to take a risk and buy cryptocurrency or buy real estate in a foreign country. Those are all great things, but you don't devastate your family's finances. I just shared with you what happened to me in my 20s. How could I afford to make that dumb mistake and not listen to my wife? Very simple, because I was in my 20s, right? I had 30 years, 40 years to fix that mess. We did, thank goodness. But my point is, many of you are taking those kind of dumb risks, but in your 50s and 60s, or later even. Somebody came in, somebody came in this week, nice guy, very nice guy. $3 million, Air, if I'm my own trader, I'm 72 years old. Are you married? Yes. What is she, uh, does she uh, trade with you? No. Okay, this guy has a stroke or gets hit by a bus. What is his wife going to do? Does she know when to sell or not to sell? He's handling his own money. He says, well, I take out enough and I've only lost about $200,000. Really? Okay. Uh, I, uh, good? <laughs> I, I guess. Good job. You only lost... Does that mean you got hit, you know, you got hit in the arm once instead of in the head? I don't know what the answer is. What am I supposed to say? Good? Okay. I said, well, do you want some or part of your money safe away from the risk of retire of, of the market? Nope. Uh, okay. Well, you know that we do fixed and fixed indexed annuities. Those are two separate things. Their, their job of them is, is to protect. Do you want that? Nope. I hate those. Okay. Then why are you here? Well, because I want you to tell me about tax this and tax that and how I can save this. I said, but, but you're not a client. He said, yeah, but I, but I want you to tell me about that. I go, listen, we're not a CPA, buddy. You go work with your financial advisor or your CPA. Somebody's making money on your money. Even if you are, quote, the trader, do you realize Wall Street still charges fees? Uh, one, some that are hidden, some that you can see. Even if you, quote, are the investor or the trader, it doesn't matter. What do you think? They do this for free? Their website is free? The, the people answering the phone 24-7 are, are working for free? The commercials on the Super Bowl are free? Come on. Go back to that common sense. Again, if you make me $20,000, i will give you five. But my point is, he's paying, we figured it out at the end, somewhere in the neighborhood of about $3,000 a month. Yeah, for the privilege of losing 200000 in the last few months. So somebody's making three grand a month. So my point is, come in to me if you want some help. But I'm not your tax preparer, right? I'm not your CPA. My job is to help those that want help. 
I want you to come in. I love to see and meet you guys. That's what I do. But if you want to come and see what I have, you just heard it. We don't lose your money. We're not going to buy uh, crypto this or you know, real estate in, in Zimbabwe. That's just not what we do. I want you to, if you say, I want to have risk, then I want you to go find that guy or gal, that person who is amazing at risk. All right. I want to jump onto something else before the top of the hour. Governor Newsom has just come out with this uh, proposal to go after oil companies, right? You understand that in Texas and in other places right now, gas is $2.80, $3.30 for $3.20, Wait, wait, wait. Why in California is it $6, $7 a gallon? What's the difference? Go over the border to Arizona. You save about two, two, $3 a gallon. That's a lot of money. So he thinks, because he's the one taking the money, the state is, city, county, and a variety of taxes, even the federal government for that matter. But it, the difference is between there and here, it's the cost of doing business in California. So he says, it is the oil companies, those greedy son of a guns. We're going to give them a windfall tax. Yep, we're going to take money from them. I said, okay, wow. So windfall tax, why? Because they're making so much money. So are we going to do that to the health insurance companies? Because you realize health insurance companies are the, the quietest, sneakiest son of a guns. Their reimbursements to doctors, to hospitals are at all time lows compared to their profits. And yet, why aren't we charging them more money? Why don't we do a windfall tax? Oh, because Obamacare said that that was illegal. We can't do that anymore. Oh, Arif, it doesn't say illegal. Oh, yeah, I promise you. It's in there somewhere. Illegal, not acceptable, not, a, not our practice. We're not going to do it. We're going to delay. We're going to give them 10 years to make profits. It might be said in some other form or fashion. But the end result is exactly the same. Don't take money from the health insurance companies. Let them build up massive amounts of profit. Why do you think, if you ask yourself, your health, insur health insurance premiums have gone up? Now, look, some of you, I love it. Eric, I used to pay $300 a month, but now I don't pay anything. Well, you have the money. Do you realize I used to pay $871 a month? Now I pay $2,200 a month. Is that fair? That F word, right? The F word? Is that fair? I don't know. Eric, you make more money than we do. Well, okay, maybe I do or don't. But I thought it was supposed to be health insurance. If you're sick, you pay a little more because you're sick. And if you're not sick, you pay a little less. We always had guaranteed health insurance. Did you know this? You could be 10 years ago, 15 years, you could come to my office because we used to sell health insurance. Arif, I, uh, I'm in the middle of cancer treatment and my wife is pregnant and she has complications and we want an insurance policy, health insurance. We're self-employed, we're, we're small business, whatever. You realize people would say, oh, pre-existing condition, nobody's going to give them any money, uh, any health insurance. Not true. I could have gotten you approved. We did get people approved. How do you do it? Very simple, small business. Small business, you do a business plan. Small business plan, two lives, husband, wife. Will they pay a little more? Yep, they will. And everybody has guaranteed coverage. 
right? Ask yourself, right? You, you got a job at JCPenney or Starbucks. You walked in and you're full-time and you're now eligible for health insurance. They didn't ever ask, oh, tell me about your, your uh, past health problems. They didn't. They said, oh, you're part of a group, guaranteed issue. So the health insurance companies had the mechanisms in place to accept those people already. It didn't require a government takeover. It already existed. And those of us in the industry knew it. We went out and, and really preached hard about this. My radio shows, we've been doing them for 17 years, 18 years now. So, so we were really li alive and well trying to make the word uh, get out there. But listen, when you're a Democrat machine, right, when you control, manipulate, even some would say lie about certain things, then why aren't we going after the health insurance companies? Right. If you're going back to the symbolism over substance, one million people a year die from co co Oh, no. One million people a year die from car accidents. Yeah. Vehicle accidents, a million a year in the world die. Are we starting to ban buses and cars and and tuk tuks? Yeah, because people probably die in a tuk tuk. Oh, oh we're not. I thought it was about saving lives. Science says there's a million people a year that die in car accidents. That's not my study. I didn't make it up. It's out there. You could find it. But here's the other one. Ready for this? This is fun. The American Medical Association. They indicate that somewhere in the neighborhood of 250,000 to 400,000 people in the United States die from medical malpractice. A quarter of a million people per year die. That's their numbers. Sometimes they say it's as high as 400, meaning it's maybe not last year because there were less surgeries and, and people going to the doctor. That's why we have off the charts, you know, dying and, and diabetes and other issues in the United States, uh, mental illness, mental health stuff, because people didn't get coverage. They didn't go to get surgeries. They didn't get things done. Th those numbers will come back. So if you go back pre-COVID, 400,000 people died a year from medical malpractice. Their numbers. Are we going to ban doctors and hospitals? I think we should. I, I think, look, man, you're telling me, oh, no, we're not. Why? Because the benefit they provide far outweighs that risk. How about automobiles? The benefit they provide far outweighs the risk. How about oil? Oh, the benefit they pro Oh, no, now it's different giving energy to everybody across the country, across the world, very inexpensive energy. You're telling me that we have to start banning oil and gas and no more gas cars? For what? You're California, you are shutting down the electric grid uh, supply chain. You're, you're shutting it down. Solar, inverters, ask water and power in Southern California Edison if 100% of their uh, solar... Look, I get it. Things are down for maintenance. I'd settle for 90%. You tell me that 90% of your facilities, the money we spent, the money you spent, taxpayer money, ratepayer money, you can't, can you? Because that inverter crashed six months afterwards. You never bought the, ready for this, because you know, I'm telling you, we know the insiders, they never bought the uh, extended warranty. Can you imagine that? 
Whatever clown who's making three fifty a year, four hundred thousand a year, said, "Oh, we're not going to buy the extended warranty on that inverter because look, it's a brand new machine." Three, five, six months later, collapse. Boom, done. Millions of dollars. Supply chain says we can get you an inverter three years from Tuesday or whatever it is. So now we have systems not working. So you see, we don't have a water issue. We have a clean water issue. So solve that clean, fresh water issue. Solve that problem. Very easy. Desalinization. We have the energy. We're wasting it. We can transition that over there. You're telling me solar is this end-all and be-all. Put another solar panel farm up and desalinate right off of San Jose, right off of L.A. You're doing it already in San Diego. Santa Barbara had one. You can put these plants in millions of dollars. Why don't you let a private company come in? And that's right. They're going to charge you money. Ooh, they will charge you. But they'll spend their own money and you don't have to take it from the taxpayers. Why don't you let, ready for this, pipelines come down from the rivers of the northwest United States. Fresh water coming down off those mountains. Trillions of gallons a year. And bring it down. It's a pipeline. And if it leaks, guess what? If you're 400 yards out to sea, or two miles, whatever it might be, and it comes down the coast of Oregon, coast of California, northern, comes down to central California, run a, run a tube into uh, you know, the uh, San Jose area. Oh, wait, you're going to have to have reservoirs. You can fill up those reservoirs. Did you know that? And you might have to create new ones. Ooh, what about those frogs? There's a fishy... There's a fishy and a frog. Those people must suffer and have brown grass. And, uh, you know, two-minute showers. <laughs> I like that. Two-minute shower. No more? Oh, but if it leaks, guess what? Water goes into water. Isn't that amazing? You guys have to have courage. It's the only way you're going to protect your retirement income, by the way, just so you know. Because your retirement income, we're going to get reasonable gains. And we're going to even have your income increase a little bit every once in a while. Yep. Will we keep up with inflation? Well, not Biden-type inflation, but Trump inflation we can certainly keep up over time. Don't worry about that. And you can have a wonderful retirement. But you're going to have to be an activist. I'm sorry. I wish it wasn't that way. I wish you could go and just become a, a retiree that's living and, and, and golfing three days a week or something. But you guys are the force. You are my force. Better yet, you're Prager force, right? Prager, Dennis, Larry, those guys, you got to stand up. Whether you're speaking at schools, whether you go to these clubs at the universities and you speak at the, the, the clubs and, and uh, uh, fraternities and sororities, that's the key, right? Create your own. All right, stay with me after the top of the hour, guys. I have your emails when we come back. Amazing emails today. You've got to listen to these. I think it's life-changing. Wait till you see as the change is happening. I'm Eric Halliby. Stay with me. Our phone number is 888-99-RETIRE. All week long it works. Give us a call for a meeting, a Zoom meeting, whatever I can do for you. 888-99-RETIRE. 888-997-3847. This is AM870, The Answer. Stay with me for your emails coming up next. Now every dollar's got a job to do. Arif makes your money work for you. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. 
Realty will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher income strategy. Learn from Arab Halabi. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now Arab has a plan for me. Higher income strategy. Retire comfortably Thanks to Arab Halabi Now every dollar's got a job to do Arab makes your money work for you Learn about financial power Talking about getting out of debt, managing money, this is your life. Welcome back. Thanks for being with me. Your emails are here. Uh, and I love it because when you send them to Arif at tfswealth.com, dot com tfswealth.com it'll help you understand uh at least your specific situation so you can certainly come into the office uh give us a call at triple eight ninety nine retire sometimes just send me an email uh if it's pretty complicated and sometimes uh, i'll be frank guys most of the time they're a little bit more complicated there's a lot of information back and forth back and forth if this then that and that will help uh usually be achieved uh with uh with an email or a conversation on the phone is kind of the best way. All right. I want to give you this one email. Think about this. Many of you retired. Look, the biggest risk is to retire when the market is at all time highs, especially if you don't have any perspective as to what is happening with the global issues, money supply and concerns and problems and other things that are happening in other places. And you just spend money. Right? You're retiring, you're making more each month than you're taking out of your retirement account. Life is great. The economy is booming. Inflation is low. The costs are low. Gasoline is low. All of those things are affecting you and you start to get a bit euphoric. And if you retire that time, that's a problem. Because here's what happens. You end up making decisions, financial decisions that are long time uh risks, long-time expenses based on short-term euphoria. A good example, a 20-year lease, a uh, 20-year purchase rather on an RV, uh, a 30-year mortgage for a vacation home. Those are great things to have. You just have to make sure you can continue to do it even if what you think is happening in the market disappears. Even if while you're sitting around thinking life is great and everything is wonderful and we're making lots of money, oh, wait a second, now it's not happening. Now there's an issue or a problem or a concern with the stock market. Can you still live the life that you want to live? Can you still have the retirement without the risk? Well, that's, I don't know, maybe so. You have to ask yourself, what do I do if things change? Well, here, this came from a client. We're both in our mid, dear Eric, here it is. And this is from Linda and Greg. Uh, da, 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 da. I want to say it's Linda that's writing the email. Dear Arif, we're both in our mid-70s and have been retired for more than five years. We thought we had enough money to retire and stay retired. We have now seen our retirement accounts drop by more than 30%. We both have Social Security income that totals about $4,000 a month. Now, they don't really indicate uh, what, who's what, what is what. You know, I don't know that. That means that in this particular case, some of that is his, some of it is hers. So she continues. 
My husband has a pension of almost $2,500 a month. I'm going to only receive $1,250 if he passes away before me. When President Trump left office, our retirement accounts were more than $2 million. We've used some of the money and we're comfortable spending about $3,500 a month. Now, just so you know, that was a pretty low expenditure back then, but not anymore. We had various retirement accounts. However, with the Biden decline and in inflation in the stock market, uh, decline in the stock market and inflation, our account values have now been reduced to a bit more than 1.3 million. At this rate, I am very concerned about inflation and that if my husband passes away first, that I could run out of money. All right, guys, so let me back up. I want to sum, sum, uh, summarize this for you. They're both in their mid-70s. They've been retired for five years, more than five years. So they thought they had enough money. Things were good. They were spending money at $3,500 a month. Now think about this. $3,500 plus the Social Security combination of $4,000 plus $2,500 a month. Okay, that's $7,500, dollars $10,000 $10, a month. It's good money. It's good, especially if your house is paid for, if you want to... If you have other emergency money for savings and sending money and doing fun things, all that's wonderful. But here's the problem. They're pulling out that $3,500 a month. And when the market is down, you are selling more shares. It's the reverse of dollar cost averaging. Remember, the first hour I was talking about you're buying when it's low, buying when it's high. So when it's low, you're buying more shares. That's a wonderful thing. That's why... Having a retirement account, it's, that's probably the only reason to have your company retirement account in the market is because we've got a lot of time and there's moments, maybe months or years in which you're buying a lot more shares for every dollar that you're spending. But the, the inverse is true when you are ready or during retirement. And it's this, when you are retired, ready? You don't spend shares at the grocery store. You spend dollars. So that means... 3,500, maybe it used to cost uh, 10 shares. Now it's costing 15 shares because you want the same $3,500 a month coming out, guys. We have to sell more shares to get that, meaning those shares are gone forever. No more dividends. They don't get to rise in value. They, nothing. They're gone. Poof. That is the problem when it comes to keeping money in retirement accounts in the market when you're trying to spend it each month, when you're trying to live on it. Okay, that's, that's the big change. That can make a big difference when you are trying to set aside money for your future. Especially when the money you're trying to set aside is income. Right? It's income generating. All right, so here's what I would do, guys. There is a way to solve this, completely solve this with peace of mind. I would take about $700,000 of the $1.3 So $700,000, I would put that in the market Sorry, I would put that in a fixed indexed annuity. We have one that has a great bonus. It has an income stream. And I'm going to leapfrog to the future, meaning this one is what if both of you live past your mid-80s? And statistically speaking, one of you is probably going to live to at least 90 years old. So the reason we would do that is we set this 700000 in a fixed indexed annuity. It would grow a little bit, maybe, maybe not at all. But with the bonus, we can guarantee an income 10 years and 10 minutes from today of $3,500 a month. That's pretty neat. It could be more, probably will. But let's say it doesn't grow at all. That's $3,500 a month. Now, what does that do? Well, that 
that replaces the 1250 because look in the pension world some of you don't realize you accept a pension for you your spouse often does not get the same amount now you can choose that but you have one chance to make the proper election that's really my point bring it to us or uh, any other financial professional that you think you could trust and ask them what is the pros and cons with choosing this portion on my uh, pension buyout or my pension income or this one so if you're going to do a lump sum buyout right in other words you're saying i'm not going to take the pension i want a lump sum you're going to have to do it before the end of the year if you want the highest number possible because the pension lump sum is a function of interest rates. Those interest rates are going to be a lot higher, which means your pension lump sum is going to be lower. Think of like a teeter-totter, right? So if you say, I'm not gonna take a lump sum, I'm not gonna take the 600 or, or the 1.2 million buyout. No, 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 company or union or, or, or entity, you guys keep that and instead give me, in this case, $2,500 a month. Now, probably if he took, if Greg said, oh, I don't want 2,500, I want my wife to see, receive the same amount, it might've been 20 or, or 2,150 or something, let's say. Well, that means he would receive now 2,150, but if he passed away, his wife would receive 2,150. But instead he chose, or they chose together to accept the higher amount of 2,500. Whereas if he passes, she receives half of that. For the rest of her life and then after that it's gone doesn't matter how much was in there that's why when we do the math on a lump sum buyout we say if you're going to take that big check give up the monthly check and instead get that lump sum wonderful i'll take it but you better realize that the company's done with you they're not going to send you any more monthly check it now has to come from a proper plan which is what we do program structure whatever you want to call it a way to get a reasonable source of income. Okay, we have, we've used some of the money. We're comfortable with 3,500 a month. All right, because I can take that 700,000 and we've now secured the future 10 years and 10 minutes from today or whenever one of them passes away, in this case, probably Greg, because it sounds like it's his retirement accounts. So when he passes away, Linda has a choice to start an income stream from it or to take it out in monthly checks, whatever she wants to do. All right, but what about the rest of the money, the other 600,000? Maybe you're gonna leave 250 or 300,000 in a money market account for emergencies, whatever it might be. And the rest, we use it to live on, right? I mean, if we think about this for a second, 3,500 a month, times 120 months, that's $420,000. So even if they never earn any interest, she can still pull out 3,500 a month, right? It's just gonna come from a savings, like a money market, but it's still gonna stay under the retirement accounts, transfer to the savings, transfer to the savings, transfer to the savings. Meanwhile, 700,000 with a bonus and interest, it's probably well over a million by now. 3,500 transferred each month, protected. Can that 700 or 900 or a million go down? Nope. Can it go backwards if the market? Nope. Can they start an income stream if somebody is, if he's injured or, or long-term care, right? Serious medical, not a trip to urgent care, but a serious medical, can they start income? Yep. 
So what I would do is by structuring it this way, I would put 420 into an account, 700 off to the side. Now that would be important because that, if we did that, let's do the math here, right? 700 plus 420. That would give me right in the neighborhood of about $200,000 that they could spend, enjoy life, travel, give it away, take an extra trip now and again, fix the back room, the house, remodel the bathroom. That gives them a lot more comfort and they are now completely out of the market. Now, they might choose to have some of that 420000 be in the market. Fine, you can do that. You decide on what level of guarantee and security you want. Are you more down the greed road? Because all of us want to be want to make a little bit. That's the greed side of us. Or are we the fear and protection side? I want you to think about this. And it was, it was great having a client come in this week and said, Eric, I remember when you said that. That makes me happy because I made this one up. I don't make up a lot of things. I, I take them from my other financial uh, friends in the world and, and uh, you know other people smarter than me. But man, I made this one up and it was great. And it's this. Think of it, if we can make all of your dreams come true, financially speaking, whether one of you lives, whether, whether you both live, whether one of you passes away, whatever it is, and we can do that without the risk, the cost, the fees associated with it, then think of it like this. You're running a marathon, you cross the finish line, and you're done. Stop running. Stop running. Right? You've already passed the finish line. Your, your income dreams have been met. Stop taking the risk that you would have taken if you were 35 years old. That's really the trade-off, right? And because that 700000 that now is a million or more, if you need it for long-term care health expenses, they're going to double that. Instead of $3,500 a month, they're going to make it 7000 a month. Yeah. Because right now you're probably going to still spend a lot of money doing things but eventually you're going to spend less, stay closer to home. It's what people call Tom Hegna, amazing author. You ought to read his book, Paychecks and Playchecks. Great book, Paychecks and Playchecks. It's an orange book. It's kind of his signature color. I've had him on the show three times. I love it. Over the last 17 years, he's been on the show talking about the various, he has a couple other books too that are really uh, amazing. I like it because it explains to you in simple terms, the protection that you need for your retirement accounts. I love it when, when the stockbrokers are saying, well, with the average rate of return and then the diversification and then what we're doing, oh yeah, yeah. We're gonna leverage the ability to get diverse, well, alpha and beta. And what we need to do is take your, mar you need to be in the market looking at healthcare related stocks along with technology and boy, emerging markets, that's the place. And you're sitting there with your head spinning going, okay, okay, so, oof, all right, I got it, I got it. Dividend, emerging markets, right? Checkbox. Check, okay. So a uh, quick question. Next month, am I going to have $3,500 come into my account without worrying about eating up a, a higher percentage of my account? I just want to know. Because guys, let me tell you right now, at $1.3 in the market, if it's just the standard, I don't mean some of them that I've seen that are outrageous, but just the standard account that is being charged a fee. They're pulling out $3,500 a month. And the broker in Wall Street's pulling out around $1,300 a month. So you see the pressure on this account is the $3,500 plus the $13. That means you have to make more than $4,800 a month 
just to break even. Because remember, your broker who is skiing in, in the Swiss Alps right now, or, or I'm sorry, he's busy visiting family in Florida, whatever he or she's doing, they just still made $1,300 a month. Well, Eric, you know, we, we manage it by putting it into our diversified portfolio and we constantly rebalance. Oof, okay, thank you, Mr. Broker. I got it. All right, so tell me this. Between 6 a.m. and let's say 1.30 or so, right? Markets open right around that time, closes right around that time. Tell me this. Are you watching my money? Oh, yeah, we have a system with... Okay, okay. So you never take a lunch break? Oh, no, I take a lunch break. Uh, you, you didn't leave early last Friday? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, then the question is, who's watching my money? Oh, well, Air, if we have this proprietary, as soon as I hear that, I'm like, baloney. I mean, I'm not questioning that it's proprietary. I'm just questioning the effect of it. But we have this proprietary system with this rebalancing allocation, and it's a computer program. And we have guys in Chicago and New York, and we have a team in, in uh, you know, Des Moines. Oh, got it, got it. So then why am I paying you again? Uh, I just, I, I'm just not clear. So the team is doing the work, the com the computer pro. So why, so that you could what? Take my phone call sometimes? Ditch my emails sometimes? Call me back sometimes? Oh, and never tell me to sell, all right? Never tell me to sell when the market's low. I Look, it's impossible for you to lose 50% until you've lost 10, just so you know. You have to lose 10%, 20, 30, 40 before you lose 50. So somewhere in there, you have to have, folks, kind of a, a flag. I give up, I surrender, something like that. Because here's the other part that I have to solve for. When one of you passes away, we lose the lower of the two social security checks. Did you know that? We lose the lower of the two social security checks. So whatever that $4,000, a portion of that is gonna be a lower uh, amount. Maybe it's eleven or $1,200 a month. So that means I'm not just losing the eleven or $1,200 a month from the Social Security, but I'm also losing that 1250 right? Half of his pension. So the only real guarantee I have is somewhere around half of the income. That means she's going to have to live on half of the income. Do you think she wants to do that? when taxes are going to be at all-time highs. Oh, and by the way, when a spouse passes the following year after they pass away, do you know how you have to declare your, your income tax world? Uh, and I'm not the, the CPA. Remember, you're going to meet that CPA. But you have to now go single, filing single, not married, filing jointly. What that means is nearly double the amount of income tax. That's a big, big deal. And after 2026, so that you know, it will be more than double unless Congress is going to act and give a reduction. I doubt it, but they might. That means in 2026, the Trump tax uh, rules, they change, and now you're single, filing single, and you'll pay double the income tax rate than if you were married. So my point is, Linda and Greg, one of the things we can use is a life insurance policy. Think about it. It might work. I don't know. We'd have to do the math. Maybe you're not healthy enough to get it. It doesn't matter. It happens to a lot of us. We'll, we'll, we have another plan. But if we used a life insurance policy, that can have some of the health care benefits, meaning if we have a half a million dollars in life insurance, we can use most of that, 
while you're still alive and you need long-term care. It's called a hybrid account, a hybrid policy rather. And you need long-term care. We can actually use a life insurance policy to help pay for you or, or for Greg, whoever it is that, that gets sick. You each need your own. And we do not have to devastate the rest of the family's finances. We don't have to spend more money on health care, uh, long-term care, bringing somebody into the house, bringing extra. We don't have to do that. And why don't we have to do that? Well, because the life insurance policy has a provision that allows us to not have to activate it only when we pass away, but to turn on income if we need it for long-term care. So that can help with the latest uh, the stages, the largest money, really, that you're going to spend, the late stages of retirement, healthcare related, because often people will save for 30, 40 years, and in the last three, four, five years, spend all the money they saved. Because a good long-term care assisted living with honorable care and decent people, it's 12, 15,000 a month by that time. Today, it's about 10, 11. So how fast will this account go down if we're pulling out $10,000 a month? And there's a, another market correction, right? You're pulling that out and you're pulling that out at a pretty tough time. So we have to be careful, okay? I wanna make sure that you're doing this right. Set aside 700,000, longer term account, designed for income. It'll give you more than 3000 a month later on in retirement. Second, that loss of social security, because when one passes away, we lose half, right? Or in, her, in your case, it's probably going to be about half. The point is when one passes away, we lose the lower of the two social security. Okay. So what about this? The pension that you, that uh, you and or Greg selected together is a great thing. I'd like the 2,500, but remember if we don't have a plan B that 1,250 is going to come in instead of 2,500. Meaning when somebody passes away, that 1,250 is guaranteed for the rest of your life, but that's it. Sometimes they don't even give pay raises. So your $2 million account is now at 1.3 million. I think we can salvage it. We can make a really good account. That's 700,000. I would also at the same time look to have potentially a purchase of life insurance Yes, it's going to be a little more expensive, but for every $100,000 you buy, you might be able to get $150,000 in life insurance. And by the way, when used for long-term care, when used as a death benefit, a life insurance policy is tax-free. That's it, tax-free. For you, for him, for her, tax-free. So the reason I bring this up is because I think part of the challenge for you is not going to just be that the income is reduced, but because the taxes that you're going to pay as a husband and wife, when one of you passes away, it's called a single filing uh, single. Now, if you're still alive, it sounds very morbid. I'm so sorry to talk about this on, on a day like this, but I think it's necessary. When one of you passes away, let's say it's January, February, March, whenever the rest of that year can. And when you file your taxes the next year under current law is still married filing jointly. So you still can do some, shifting around and we do that. We have until December 31st, we can do some adjusting. So as a widow or a widower, we wanna make those adjustments while we're still in that first calendar year, potentially if we can. And if not, no problem, we do it the next year. But we just make sure that we're not going to get hit as high taxes. So why this makes a big difference for you and me, because a lot of us, when we are retired, right? We think life is great. 
Look at how smart my husband is. Look at amazing. Look at how amazing she is. She's a great businesswoman. She created this business. Look at this. And then COVID says, oh, by the way, you can't go do this. Look, for the government to tell people, one of the biggest and the most outrageous things I've ever heard, and some of you are using this, and and I think, listen, when I say uh, shame on you, I say shame on you. And and that's what I mean. It's this. The government says you don't have to pay your your, uh, rent. Really? It's illegal for anybody to say you can't. Oh, uh, Biden says you can run all red stops, uh, stop signs. You don't have to stop for stop signs. You would look at him and say he is really a crazy man. But he can tell you to break a law and to steal. You, you can steal rent from somebody else. You can live there and not pay rent. Well, if you don't understand, I got laid off. Well, go get a job. There's a million of them out there. But I can't make $60 an hour anymore. Then you make and you work two jobs and you move. Well, I can't find a place. There's a place in Riverside County. There's a place in Tucson, Arizona. You got to move. You can't steal. I don't care if it's President Biden or Gavin Newsom. They're not allowed to tell you that it's okay to steal. I mean, you follow me? That's just such a moral thing. Oh, Eric, you don't understand. Listen, I understand very well. What would happen if this just happened and they didn't give you permission? You would move. You'd bring in a roommate. You'd work two jobs or everything, all of the above. So I want you to be guided. Don't trust the government to give you solutions to your retirement. It's you. Stay with me when we come back. 888-99-RETIRE, 888-997-3847. I'm Eric Hallaby. TFS Financial Insurance Services on the Total Financial Hour. We'll be right back. Higher income strategy. I'll retire comfortably. Thanks to Arab Halaby. Now every dollar's got a job to do. Arab makes your money work for you. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Hey, welcome back. Thanks for staying with me. I'm Eric Halaby. If you're just joining us, the Total Financial Hour, 888-99-RETIRE. Isn't that pretty cool? It's a neat little, uh, a neat phone number because it makes it so you you can understand it, you can remember it. 888-99-RETIRE. I love it because we take your calls. If you don't want to come into the office, wonderful. I have an office in Simi Valley, Santa Clarita, and Glendale uh, different locations. It's always me that you meet with, just so you know. It's not a team of 16 people in a big uh, boiler room kind of a setting. No, no, no. So I, I'm really grateful and thankful for those of you with patience because we do our best to get out there. If you want a quick phone call or a Zoom meeting, we can uh, fit that in, of course, a lot easier uh, if you're a bit flexible. And here's the reason. You can imagine how uh, overwhelmed it is right now for people trying to get money out of the market. Sometimes your brokers aren't going to call you. Sometimes they don't do things that you tell them to do. We've had countless times where they said, I told him to go to cash three times and he convinced me otherwise. I told him to to go to the money market account and to sell everything. And he said, no, 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 don't worry. It's just a temporary thing. And it's been a year. So these kinds of things are not uncommon, but we fight. That's our job. We have a great team, great team of people to get behind you. Amazing staff. Our staff folks 
know how to get those dollars, put them in a safe place for you. That's what we do. It's what I do. Uh, they're my behind the scenes folks, but you always meet with me just so you know. All right. Here's a couple of things that I want to touch base with you. Remember uh, when we're talking about the way the financial systems work, right? When you sell dollars, when you say, I want to take my money and I want to spend it, I want to buy things, pay my bills, put it in my savings account and my checking account. If it comes from a Roth IRA, R-O-T-H, Roth IRA or Roth 401k, you do not have a required minimum distribution on that meaning you can pass age 72 and not be forced to take out money into a retirement account. So that's pretty neat. I want you to be able to do that. I want you to be able to take retirement accounts that are tax-free, which is what a Roth is under current law, and use it to live on to fill the gap between where you are now and the next tax bracket. Right? I don't want you to be taking money out and dumping you into the next tax bracket so every new dollar that you make is taxed at, at double the amount, because that's the case, nearly double. You go from 12 to 20% uh, tax bracket rather quickly and add the state increase on that, and you're now double the taxes on every new dollar. But, Air, if I want to buy a car, Air, if I want to spend this money, fine, you pull it from your Roth, R-O-T-H, right? The Roth IRA, it's very simple. It was the senator who signed on to the bill back in the 90s. I think he was from the East Coast somewhere, Pennsylvania or something. So they said, hey, we'll name it after you if you sign on to it because it was a bipartisan bill. He agreed to it. Surprise, we named it after him. The Hallaby IRA, on the other hand, is what I'm working on right now. <laughs> it's going to be tax-free in, tax-free earning, tax-free out. That's, my, that's the Hallaby IRA. I think if you think about this, it would be in the government's best interest to peel off the rich and say, listen, you can... In exchange for giving up your Social Security, some of you are willing to do this. Think about it. We will let you set aside unlimited amounts of money tax-free. So you give up your Social Security and you can put aside unlimited. Maybe it's 100000 a year. I don't know. Figure it out. But some of you would say, you know what, government, keep my Social Security for the folks that that's all they need to live on. That's all they have to live on, right? That are making 800 or $1,200 a month. We'll let them have that social security. And in exchange, I'll give up mine so I can put aside in my own retirement accounts, my own money, 50,000, 100,000, 200,000, whatever the number is. Maybe you should consider that government. Let people, if you will, okay, listen, I still have to put into social security. It's my cost of doing business in a civilized society to make sure there's a bunch of uh, homeless, poor people running around, right? Let's do it. I'm willing. So think about that as an option. I think it's a solution that many people, wealthy people, would accept. And believe it or not, they're probably the same people that are on the three and $4,000 a month in Social Security checks, meaning that's going to free up to divide that amongst another two or three or four people to get other folks an extra three or four or 500 a month, right? If you're making 1500 a month in Social Security and I'm making 4000 and I say, I'm going to give up my 4000 if you let me set aside... 100000 in a retirement account, I give up my 4000 a month, meaning I don't, I'm not going to take it, even though I've put in for it. You can take that 4000 and give, give, what, eight other people that are in the $1,500 a month range, give all of them an additional $500 a month? That's pretty cool, right? How many of you are making 1500 in Social Security and say, I, I, I could do a lot better in life. I'd feel a lot more comfortable if I could make, uh, we'll call it 1500 to 2000. We go from, we add that 500. I, I think that's a big number, guys. 
I think it's a huge change. So think about that as an option, all right? Maybe you, you start pushing it. Maybe that's part of your advocacy back and forth to make sure that the system is set up. Because remember, I do not want you to be the same person who sits around and says, well, at least when I'm dead, uh, you know, this stuff, by the time all these crazies get to the place, I'll be dead. Okay, maybe so. But wouldn't it be a great legacy for you to turn your life into making a difference? I think it would be. All right, here's an important email, a very important email. I can't tell you how many of these I've received uh, in one f you know, form or fashion. Countless. It's, I, I can't even count them. All right, here it is. Dear Arif, my wife is 58 and sold her medical practice for nearly $4 million. We have a vacation home in Lake Tahoe on the Nevada side, and we spend between three and four months a year there. I'm 63 and still work as a consultant, so I can work from anywhere. My wife still receives about 300000 a year, both as a consultant uh, in a consulting role for her uh, old practice and by working in the office a few days a month. What has been your experience with people who change residence to another state? Our goal is to save money in state of California taxes. And by the way, we will not start receiving our Social Security income until as late as possible. Okay, so... They didn't give me a lot of numbers, but I'm going to presume, and I'll be pretty darn close with a lot of this. I'm going to presume uh, certain things, but here's what I want you to do. I, both of you guys, I want you to save your social security. Uh, it looks like you put Jane and John, so I'm guessing they probably aren't accurate or real, uh, real names, but that's okay. So here's what I have. Jane and John, you guys need to look at one big thing. If you're going to be outside of the state of California and officially ask that to be your residence, you're going to have to do a lot of things, okay? And a big part of that is to make sure you don't get in trouble because there's no reason to have a great retirement life, have a lot of money saved so, so financially you're comfortable, whatever the number that is, and at the same time be fighting some sort of a you know tax fraud deal. So always check with your tax preparers, your CPAs, tax lawyers. These are people that are, are folks that are going to know what the heck they're doing. And that matters to me and you. All right, here's what it is. The state of California rules are this. I'm going to pull this directly from a 2020 guideline for the state of California. The factors are how much time you spend in the, in the state of California versus how much time you spend outside of California. Where does your spouse, your children, and they also say registered domestic partner. I love it, the state. Where does your spouse, your children, and your registered domestic partner live? Where's your principal residence? Your driver's license? Where are your vehicles registered? Where do you maintain your professional licenses? This is probably the thing that's going to catch y'all. Because if she still is going to practice in California, then her professional license has to be a doctor here in, in California. You still have to maintain your medical license. So it's going to be tough. Now, there still might be a way for you guys to be married filing separately, where you file in the state of Nevada because you're a consultant. You can work anywhere, provided you meet the rest of these guidelines. And her income, which is significant, is going to be taxed in California. There are other ways to do it, but you're going to need a tax strategist. And we're a part of those conversations on a regular basis. Uh, both as a tax strategist, we have attorneys and CPAs, and I'm in that room, uh, I don't know, 
probably a, a hundred times by now, 150 times. So I'm very familiar with some of them, but I'm not going to get into it here because it's a lot more if this than that. So there's a lot more to it. But I do want you guys, many of you who are thinking about leaving the state to pay attention. Okay, where did you, uh, your driver's license? Where did you get, where are you registered to vote, right? That's a big deal. Do you maintain your bank accounts? Where's your bank account? What bank, what branch? State where, you're, uh, where you maintain professional care, I already did that. Location of your medical professionals, healthcare providers, accountants, attorneys, pharmacists. And this is the big one. The location of your social ties, such as place of worship, professional associations, social or country clubs in which you are a member, your real property and investments. That's a big deal, you guys, because I've had friends who've been forced to sell all their real estate in California. They don't want to, but the state is saying, well, you still have a house. They're like, but it's a rental house. Yeah, but it's your family home that you've been at. We get it that you've got some, uh, you've got a renter in there now and the state will send somebody. If you're a substantial taxpayer, as far as income, they will send somebody knocking on the door and say, are you a renter? Or are you uh, Joe Smith or are you a renter? They do that. I'm going to tell you a story here in a minute. Uh, if you're going to leave California, you have to ask yourself, is this temporary or permanent? So think ahead of the game a little bit. You guys, Jane and, and John, you guys have to really be clear that your earned income and unearned income are taxed, could be taxed differently. All right. This is what matters. Earned income. You physically go to work. Okay, if you physically go to work, you're going to have to, wherever that physical job is, you have to pay taxes or, or at least are subject to a tax based on that jurisdiction. But if it's unearned income, then it's based on your residence, right? Social security, 401k, pension, dividends, real estate investments, you know, rental property, unearned income. So that matters if you are somebody who is going to be living in a position to where your main residence is outside of California, but you come to California on occasion to do things. They're okay with that. But here's where they're not so kind because I think some of you need to understand this. You're, you're playing okay, but you realize California needs your money. They need your money, like big time needs your money. And they need your money because they've over promised so many things. There just isn't enough to go around. And instead of rewarding you for staying, they punish you for leaving. You understand that? And they do that in a way which, which means they're not in a position to play nice. So I'm going to share with you something that happened, and then I'm going to get into this, the rest of this stuff as well. So we had a client in uh, another state. It's Nevada. I won't tell you what city. Uh, in Nevada, they get a knock on the door. Knock, knock. Hi there, we're from the U.S. Uh, Department of uh, Census. We're from the Census Bureau. Black female, male white. We're from the Census Bureau, uh, federal government. Here's my ID, quick. Oh, good, put it away. Uh, we're just here because we had a couple questions. We, we weren't clear on some things, so we just wanted to, to verify, double check. Uh, do you have a minute? Sure, what's up? Well, we just wanted to make sure that you have a, uh, you know, there's two of you. Yes, there is two of us. Ruff, ruff. Oh, oh, that's a cute little doggy. Look at that. Come here, doggy. Oh, you know, ma'am, I just got a new dog and we're looking for a vet. 
Have you seen, do you have a good vet that you could recommend out here or a groomer maybe? Oh yeah, Joe Smith down the street. Okay, great. Oh, that's nice. Da da da. A couple questions. Oh, hi, hi, ma'am. Uh, the lady says, uh, "I love your nails. Where do you get those done? Is that I need somebody? We just I'm trying to find a good nail lady. Oh, you get where I'm going with this? After a few of these types of questions, the man says, "You guys aren't from the Census Bureau, are you?" And he says, "Well, uh, you got us. Take a look." We're from the California Franchise Tax Board investigating tax fraud. And he says, well, we live here and we live in Southern California, but we spend our time, more time here in Nevada. And they said, well, you know, we just need to double check. So here's what they pay attention to. Where is your dog groomer? Where do you get your nails done? They ask for a vet for your pet. Right? They pull your pharmacy records without your permission so that you know. They find out what your health care providers are. Now that the health insurance companies are tied at the hip to the state and federal government, they can pull, yes, they can, your medical records enough to see that you, your doctor is in California and not in Nevada. You see, if you maintain strong ties with California because of your spouse, or your registered domestic partner, or your children remain in California at home, in, in your California home during your absence, and your intent is to return to California, and your absence is, quote, temporary, you remain a California resident. A lot of times this was happening when guys were going overseas and they were working in uh, you know, Afghanistan or Iraq as a contractor and being paid $180,000, uh, that kind of thing. You, you realize... Some of it was tax-free to the federal government, but the state, I don't know. I don't think they did give you any real tax breaks to those kind of dollars. So a lot of these guys would pick up, they'd move to Nevada, Florida, apartment, 600 a month, P.O. box, whatever. And then they would go and work overseas. And then they would return and all of it was tax-free. So part of what they do is it's a nine-month rule. As long as you're gone for nine months or sorry, you're here, for, you're here in California, rather, less than nine months, then you have an argument of that, that you're not a California resident. But that's not necessarily the case because all your income while you were a resident in, in California is taxable in California. So only income from California sources is taxable by California. So if you're here for three months and then you leave and you're somewhere else, that three months is taxed in California. If you leave and travel the world and you come back and you're from California, you're a California resident. So I'll give you an example of what uh, another particular client does. They drive out of state to their the state in which their home is. So they go to Europe, they travel to Asia, they travel around, they take cruises out of Florida. So they drive to, I'll, I'll use an example of Las Vegas. They drive to Las Vegas because their home is in Nevada under this example. They get on a plane, they fly to Europe, they're gone for three weeks. They come back, land in Las Vegas, spend a day or so at the house in Nevada, and then drive back to California. All of that time in Europe counts as Nevada time, not California time. But if you leave from LAX, you leave from John Wayne, up oh, counts as California time. Those three weeks in Europe still counts as California time. Until September 2020, let's say you were a resident of California at that time. You declared yourself to be a non-resident of California and, in fact, a resident of Nevada 
which is where you have your summer home. You continue to spend six or seven months each year at your home in California, which you have retained. And you only spend three or four months in Nevada. And the rest of the time you're traveling to other states, visiting family, kids, grandkids, or to other countries. All of your bank accounts are now transferred to Nevada. However, you continue to maintain social club and business connections in California. Your declaration of residency in Nevada does not establish residency in Nevada. Your closest connections are still in California. Your absence from California is always considered temporary. You are therefore a resident of California. And all, ready? And tax of your income from all sources. So if you're somebody that's going to, as part of your retirement or just part of your life or your kids have lived, moved, you have to almost completely disconnect. Amazing, isn't it? It's almost like you're, well, you know, British, uh, British citizen, you are a subject. That means basically you are owned by the crown. That's why we had the Revolutionary War. You remember that? Because we're not owned by anybody. Well, apparently California thinks you were owned by the crown called Gavin Newsom. So here's another example. If you use credit cards in the state of California, they're going to say you were in the state of California. So my client who, who lives outside of California, <clears throat> my example was Nevada. When he drives across the state line, uses his gas card in Nevada. And that starts the, click, the, the, the clock ticking. Now, for the rest of his time, he's in his home in Nevada, Las Vegas, traveling, doing whatever. When it's time to come back to California, he uses his gas card at the first gas station in California. Click. That starts the clock ticking with a third-party example of when he was there and when he wasn't. He keeps a notepad, both electronic and, and, and paper, digital and paper. These are the days I was there. His cell phone pings towers. California pulls the history. Ready for this? You actually have a history of your pinging on your cell phone. So they pull the history of the pinging of your cell phone and say, wait a second. Just like right, they do in the murder cases. Right? Oh, your cell phone was also in the same area as the victim at 2 o'clock in the morning when you said you were over there. Hmm. California uses that to decide whether or not you said you are where you're supposed to be which is in or out of California. So I don't want you guys thinking that you can pull a fast one because today's digital signature is one thing. Something else that's pretty important. The GPS on your car has a history. It can be downloaded. The movement of your car has a history and can be downloaded. Even if you say, well, I don't use that. I use my cell phone an Apple CarPlay. It doesn't matter. Even if there's no navigation, if it's a relatively new car, I want to say 15 years or so, maybe a little, maybe a little more now, there's a little device. If you're sitting in your steering wheel and you put your left hand down, it's down there somewhere. It's usually up underneath the dashboard, underneath the, where your knees go. And if you're in a car accident, here's where it started. You're in a car accident and State Farm or Farmers or Allstate or Geico or anybody, Progressive, they come along, and they say, and you say, well, I was driving along and a dog jumped out in front of me and I slammed on my brakes and crashed into this tree. They go, okay. They have a little device, they plug it in and it shows the G-forces. Were you braking? When did it stop? When did the airbags go? What speed you were going? And it pulls the, the physical data of the automobile, the mechanical data of the automobile. 
That's a very big deal. It's part of the reason I didn't buy a Tesla. I love them. But at any time, some 29-year-old kid somewhere can turn on the camera and the microphone inside my car for what reason? I don't know. It's a little weird. So no thanks. Not interested in having somebody listen inside by, uh, you know, watching me travel. Because that's what Tesla does. They have this little machine and they show you where you're going. You're basically on a big screen. They can call it up. Give me Air of Hallaby's car. Give me car number 169. Poof, it's on the big screen. I think every electric car can do that. I know at least... Teslas can. And they can turn on mics and cameras without your permission. Well, they need a warrant. <clears throat> FBI. Three letters, that's it. FBI. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure they do. Have you seen what they did to the Trump administration? They didn't like you. Now, maybe nobody's going to dislike you. Maybe you're just a, an anonymous person. Fine, buy your Tesla, drive around. That's fine. I'm not interested in giving up anything. No, thank you. I just won't. I love the cars. I love Elon, actually. I think he's a pretty bright guy. All right, if you're going to leave the state of California, they ping your cell phone. They take a look at your credit cards, your gas cards. Where are you charging? What are you doing? What are you buying? They do that. And they do that without your permission. They do that even without you knowing. Because last year you paid $116,000 in taxes, and this year you pay nothing. They go, huh, where did that guy go? Huh, where did that lady go? All right, so John and Jane, here's a big deal. If you guys are going to leave the state of California, I think you need to check with your tax preparer and your attorney. But because she still receives 300000 a year as a consultant, and she's going to have to, in order to do that, to work in the office, has to maintain her medical license, probably you're going to have to wait for her to retire officially. And when you do, disconnect completely from the state of California. You have to. I mean, you can come back and visit friends and family, but assets, they don't allow you to own any property here and not be considered a resident of California. It's bizarre. Now, check with your CPA and your attorney. Can you own that property in an LLC or a C-Corp? Maybe. Can you earn income and have the dollars paid to a consultant third-party corporation that's in Arizona, Nevada, Tennessee, wherever you want to live? Maybe. You need to check with a legit uh, medical, uh, sorry, a legit Attorney, a legal professional, you're going to spend some money. I know what you guys are. Hundreds, maybe thousands of dollars because they charge per hour. And you just make sure you're doing it right so that you don't get in trouble. Right? Follow the law. Follow the rules. They're pretty simple. You just got to learn them. Hire professionals to do it. You need that reliable retirement income. That's where we're the professional. Protecting your wealth, growing it, getting reasonable rates of return. Triple eight ninety nine retire That's me. Thanks for being part of the show. I'll retire comfortably. Thanks to Arab Halaby. Now every dollar's got a job to do. Arab makes your money work for you. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. 
Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.